I am Nicholas Borners of Capital Inc. and I am delighted to welcome you to the second day of our Jones Act in US flag forum. We are privileged to start the second day of our forum with a keynote presentation by Mr. Carl Benzel, the commissioner from the Federal Maritime Commission. And he is going to share his insight on the very important topic of the state of US shipping. And as we were just discussing, uh, I guess the current geopolitical events uh, underpin the importance and significance of uh, the US shipping and the uh, Jones Act. So Commissioner, thank you for being with us. The floor is yours. Nicholas, thanks, uh, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, this is a very important uh, conference. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, whenever I uh, consider um, uh, Attempts to modify the Jones Act, I'm stunned, frankly. Uh, it's uh, uh, fundamentally ceding uh, additional control over uh, maritime assets uh, is just uh, really uh, inconceivable. Uh, so strong supporter for the, for, the, for the Jones Act and the services provided, the jobs uh, for mariners uh, that we, uh, we need. We need to have competency in maritime shipping and the Jones Act provides that. Uh, Annie, you can go ahead and put on my uh, presentation. And uh, flip to the first uh, slide. Um, while this is a, a, a presentation about the Jones Act, I think, I think it's really helpful to get a context of what's going on internationally, uh, juxta juxtaposing that to the, to the current situation in the Jones Act. And, uh, Little description about the Federal Maritime Commission. Uh, we're an independent regulatory agency uh, established in 1961, but actually we're, we were, our predecessor agencies were uh, established as far back as, as uh, 1916. So, uh, and uh, uh, one of our leaders uh, was uh, Joe Kennedy, the uh, Joseph Kennedy, the president's, uh, President Kennedy's um, uh, father. So we've had some illustrious uh, commissioners in the past, uh, and we have five commissioners nominated by the president. Uh, the majority party uh, uh, is is in charge. Uh, we so we have three Democratic uh, commissioners and two Republicans uh, with uh, staggered terms uh, of five years, uh, and we we get along well. I, we have a really good collegial uh, environment at the Federal Maritime Commission. Uh, I'm here uh, representing my own individual views as a commissioner. Uh, but the agency uh, is, a, is a pleasant place to work. Uh, and I think uh, we, we try to cons consider the issues on the merits and, and not on any political uh, position or party. Uh, we have uh, authorized personnel of 128 uh, employees. Uh, we're not there right now. We're underpowered, frankly, given the challenges. Uh, we have uh, people in Washington, DC, New York, Miami, uh, New Orleans, Houston, LA, uh, Long Beach, and Seattle. Um, and uh, our representatives in the field, our investigators, our area rep representatives, as we call them. Uh, you can go to the next uh, slide, Annie. Uh, our mission is to ensure that we have a fair, reliable system of international ocean shipping that's largely containerized cargo, uh, and that we protect the public from unfair and deceptive practices. We regulate uh, $1.5 trillion of commerce that's uh, transported into and out of the United States. 
and probably another four or five uh, uh, trillion dollars of affiliated services that are provided uh, ancillary to the to the movement of cargo. Um, we have authority to provide a limited uh, antitrust uh, uh, exception uh, if if uh, if we uh, if we are able to uh, agree with with uh, provisions to allow an agreement to go into effect uh, uh, between uh, ocean carriers and and uh, and marine terminal operators. I'm a judge, so we in, uh, investigate on uh, complaints, and uh, we have uh, uh, authorities. Uh, uh, to uh, mediate and provide ombudsman service. And uh, additionally, we have a trade authority at the Federal Maritime Commission to, to consider unfair shipping practices of uh, foreign governments. Uh, Annie, you can go to the next slide. Uh, just briefly, we have, our, of course, our, uh, our, our attorneys that are in charge of uh, prosecuting uh, malpractices. Uh, and you can probably slip through the next one. And as I mentioned, uh, representatives located in, in uh, uh, jurisdictions throughout the United States, uh, looking into uh, violations of the Shipping Act, educating uh, the public on, on, on issues and compliance, and basically keeping an eye on what's happening in the shipping world. Uh, next slide. Um, we're seeing a, a unique uh, situation in, in the United States. Uh, brought upon by uh, COVID-19. Uh, we've had a, had a situation uh, prior to uh, COVID-19 that the industry was was moving cargo effectively, efficiently, uh, a lot of capacity. Um, and uh, what we saw during COVID was immediately after the uh, pandemic started, uh, reductions in cargo coming into the United States of about 20% of containerized cargoes, in particular to the to the West Coast, as manufacturing in China uh, was was eliminated, um, and uh, that that basically uh, was, uh, was I remember writing a, a note a letter to the uh, Congress urging assistance uh, for U.S. maritime companies and terminals so that they could continue to pay leases, uh, but by May and June of that of the of that year. Uh, the beginning of the pandemic, it had completely reversed itself, and we've gone from 20% down to 20% up. Uh, so we had a swing uh, approximately of about a 40% uh, volume. Uh, and frankly, we were unprepared uh, for that, that swing. And that has, was the beginning of what is the congestion that we see today that is impacting our economy, that's creating inflation. Um, and uh, we've never caught up uh, with with uh, with the uh, uh, market demands um, and are struggling right now uh, with uh, delays and uh, operational challenges. Uh, ocean carriers are are reaping huge profits. Uh, it's estimated the profits could be as high as uh, 240 billion dollars. Uh, spot rates uh, are up uh, over. We've had, we've had reports of, of requests for, for uh, uh, containers that have increased uh, been above thirty thousand um, dollars and and uh, and so there's uh, record profits record demands um, and last month there were 150 ships uh, outside of US ports waiting for birthing space 
uh, throughout uh, the United States, mostly in LA Long Beach, but uh, we have uh, situations in New York and Charleston, uh, periodically in Savannah um, and, uh, and, and uh, the Pacific Northwest uh, and, and Oakland. And so it's been very difficult uh, for the industry. Uh, and I would say that uh, it's being driven by the, the volumes of cargo that we are consuming uh, in the United States. Um, it's the, the, the primary challenge. Uh, so you, you combine uh, congestion-related uh, reductions of capacity and, and increases of capacity uh, of, of product coming in, and you have a perfect storm. Uh, Andy, you can go to the next slide. Um, while we are seeing a situation right now where generally, um, uh, the, in particular, uh, uh, rates and services from the uh, Asia to the United States are uh, generating uh, uh, rates that are 300 to 500% higher than prior to the pandemic, uh, and services that are taking two or three times longer than prior to the pandemic um, uh, that, uh, that um, we're, we're challenged. Uh, and, and I don't blame the industry on this. I, I actually believe this is a function of supply and demand and the challenges of, of addressing that surge of, of cargo uh, in the uh, pandemic. Uh, but the result is, this is the first time uh, in, in, in my view, since World War II, that we've not been able to deliver the cargo that we wanted uh, to deliver to the United States. Um, in contrast to that, uh, the US Jones Act fleet has remained uh, stable, uh, providing uh, services, they've had equipment, uh, so they, they maintain regularly scheduled services to the areas that they provide. Our rates are not uh, uh, much different from what they were prior to the pandemic. So if there are increases in, in, in pricing uh, in the Hawaii or Puerto Rico or some of the Jones Act uh, destinations, uh, they're more of a, a function of the, uh, of the products themselves and inflation than anything that the U.S. carriers are doing. And, and frankly, I think a lot of the uh, shippers uh, in those trades should be uh, appreciative of being in the Jones Act service trades. Uh, as opposed to the challenges we're facing in the uh, international side. Uh, they manage their equipment uh, very well and their services very well. Uh, I visited uh, Jacksonville, the Port of Jacksonville, primary uh, embarkation point for uh, service to, um, to Puerto Rico and met with uh, Matson uh, Navigation. Uh, and really they are moving cargo uh, uh, without any uh, problem. It's, it's, they have equipment, it's uh, coordinated, uh, landside activities, and uh, so the rates uh, are about what they were. Uh, services uh, is consistent, and that's contrasting with the challenges that were faced um, in, in the uh, international trade. And so, really, should be a wake-up call um, ab about the value of a, a dedicated uh, domestic service. Annie, you can go to the next slide. Um, as a result of the challenges in in the uh, in the uh, what's going on in the international, uh, we're having to take a lot of uh, actions at the FMC to review the practices of the carriers, uh, to implement new requirements, 
uh, as a result of some of the challenges of, of shipping. Um, and, uh, and it's really been uh, uh, a, a huge effort uh, undertaking. And I really appreciate uh, our staff and, and the, some of the things that we've done, I, I believe uh, will have a positive impact uh, as we move forward. Uh, we are now uh, uh, auditing all major ocean carriers. Uh, we're auditing them in terms of, uh, of the uh, assessment of detention and demurrage, uh, other practices, uh, whether or not they're providing services to export uh, 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 shippers from the United States. And uh, we've taken some initial uh, legal actions uh, uh, as a result of some of the uh, audits. I would say that we've had a lot of uh, uh, compliance. The carriers have really uh, step, stepped up and are uh, proactively looking uh, at uh, uh, what they're doing and trying to, uh, uh, to, to do better. I, I don't think they want to be in a situation where we have such problems with respect to service. Uh, we are moving forward uh, just recently we put a, uh, a, an advance notice of proposed rulemaking on detention and demerge and the assessment of detention and demerge fees. Uh, we're soliciting comments from the public. The intent is to get a, a better system of how these charges are being assessed. Uh, there was over $2.5 billion assessed in detention and demerges uh, and demerge fees uh, this past a year. A lot of it's uh, being uh, caused as a result of congestion. So, so they're, they're really not the fault of, of, uh, of a carrier or a shipper, um, uh, but they're being charged. And, uh, and so we're going to look uh, at the process of issuing detention and de demerge fees um, uh, as we go forward. We've established a new advisory uh, committee. This is the first at the FMC uh, to get more input from uh, shippers um, uh, to, uh, to ensure that, we, uh, uh, that we're looking at the right things. And uh, there are a variety of uh, fees and charges that are being assessed uh, as, as uh, the industry moves forward. Uh, there are legitimate issues related to uh, cargo being uh, not taken out of uh, ports adequately, uh, demerge, uh, and, and, uh, and, and then there's also issues re related to the detention, not allowing equipment to get back into circulation at the terminals. So it's, it's contributing to a situation where uh, our economy has been impacted uh, significantly. Um, I was uh, out in Utah uh, visiting the inland port of Utah and a variety of shippers uh, were, were, were there. And I met with some uh, of the uh, home builders in, in, in Utah and they told me uh, that there was, um, uh, they planned to build 205,000 uh, residential units in that area. I don't know what a residential unit is, but uh, something that you can live in. And uh, uh, because of shipping issues, uh, not market issues, they'd only been able to complete about 140,000 of those. And that's uh, directly attributable to challenges getting uh, supplies. And so it just illustrates what the, what the challenge has been to the, uh, the economy, and it has been caused by shipping. Uh, and uh, so as you look at the Jones Act, you, you need to, to take uh, cognizance of what's happened internationally, what, is, what it's meant uh, to us. 
Uh, Annie, you can go to the, the next uh, slide. Uh, Long-term, we are also uh, undertaking some initiatives uh, to uh, assess uh, uh, the system of movement of cargo uh, through our ports. Uh, we have authority uh, to require and enforce uh, reasonable uh, practices relating to uh, or connected with receiving, handling, storing, and delivering property. Uh, and so as, uh, as part of uh, this authority, we're uh, uh, looking at the data flow uh, of information related to shipping, um, uh, looking at the lexicon to describe it. Uh, and uh, we've started uh, hearings, meetings uh, with the public to determine what sort of information they need to more efficiently move cargo. Um, and, uh, and we are hopeful, uh, Annie, I think you can go to the, the next slide, of, uh, of creating uh, an, uh, elements of information from the point of, of uh, loading uh, to the, the point of delivery uh, through the vessel operations, terminal operations, uh, trucking and railroad uh, to the point of delivery uh, to ensure that we can uh, provide to the shipping public transparent, accessible information uh, on how to, how, how to assess where their cargo is and to, to plan their uh, cargo movements. Uh, it's just amazing to me that you know I can order a Domino's pizza and I know when it's taken out of the oven and I know when it's in transit, I know when it's delivered, uh, they'll take a picture and they'll uh, send it to me with notifications throughout the process. Uh, but in maritime shipping, we have a situation where you have uh, literally uh, hundreds of uh, thousands and millions uh, of, uh, of cargo uh, being shipped, and we're really not paying uh, a, a, a sufficient attention and uh, in the movement of that cargo as as we should. Uh, so uh, we're hopeful that we can come up with some standards. Um, Annie, I think you could go to the next slide. Um, and uh, the plan is to I, uh, identify the data that's needed in each uh, uh, trans step in the uh, transmission process. Uh, identify where there are gaps. Uh, uh, develop uh, a, a lexicon for the movement of cargo and uh, uh, make recommendations uh, uh, about a common uh, system of information that should be uh, provided to the public. Uh, hopefully in June, uh, that's our target. And uh, with that, you can go to the, uh, I think it's the last slide, uh, in June. And so we're gonna solicit views from, from the public uh, but the intent is to establish national standards uh, that should be provided to the public um, uh, on maritime shipping. So I just cannot believe, frankly, that we, we don't have something in place uh, given the magnitude of the, of the issues. Um, so, so there is a lot of challenges in the international uh, side of the equation, uh, and, 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 and they have not uh, been present and the Jones Act where you have dedicated services uh, providing reliable, um, reliable uh, uh, transportation movements to those areas that are our Jones Act. Uh, uh, it's just um, critically important that we continue to, to uh, educate uh, uh, our personnel, seamen, merchant marine uh, on, on how to ship. And, and the Jones Act is a vital part of that. I, I just, uh, I hope as you go through your 
uh, discussions and presentations that uh, that uh, there, the people realize uh, the challenge that we are having in the international market and what that uh, what that means uh, to consideration of the Jones Act. Uh, I've had a lot of calls from the, the White House from the from people in the administration uh, about the challenges of, of shipping, and, and frankly, it's disconcerting that uh, the Federal Maritime Commission may have uh, more um, uh, authority over international shipping than anyone else, uh, uh, because these are entities that are foreign uh, uh, governments in some cases and foreign companies and others. Uh, right now, let, um, on our international side, less than 1% of our cargo is, is transported by US flagships uh, that, uh, uh, about uh, 23% of it, uh, our containerized cargo is transported by uh, the state-owned enterprise companies uh, uh, that are under the control of the Chinese government, those controlled carriers. Uh, 100% of all marine containers are, are, are manufactured uh, in China uh, by state-owned enterprises. Uh, 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 86% of all of our intermodal chassis that are used in the United States for movement of, of cargo are also manufactured by uh, uh, Chinese state-owned enterprises. Um, and, and there's substantial investment uh, in our uh, terminal system from foreign uh, companies. Uh, so we really have ceded a lot of our authority over uh, international shipping. And it's... Uh, it's, it should be a concern. Uh, we we need to do. We have to have uh, more ability to rely on our own uh, companies and uh, and uh, civilians uh, going forward. And I think this uh, this crisis that we've had on supply chain should be uh, illustrative of, of 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 the challenge that we face, and and sometimes uh, relying on uh, international shipping. So. Um, I think I'm all at the end of my time. I've sort of gotten to a point where I can turn it back over to you, uh, Nick, uh, to proceed however you uh, uh, see fit. And so I'll do that. Commissioner Benchel, thank you very much. It has been a very detailed and insightful presentation and uh, uh, it's been a privilege to have you with us. So thank you very, very much for uh, sharing your insight uh, on this great topic. Uh, no problem at all, and it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. Thank you.